As a long-time foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. If we're right, people lose homes, people lose jobs, people lose retirement savings, people lose pensions. Here's a number. Every 1% unemployment goes up, 40,000 people die. Did you know that? No. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. The Big Short was a fantastic movie for finance nerds and regular viewers alike. One of the lines that stood out the most amongst many memorable lines was the claim that for every 1% increase in unemployment, 40,000 people would die. This is an incredibly significant claim that adds even more weight to the already significant societal issues that come along with people out of their job. What makes this even more relevant is that today, many governments around the world are making tough decisions between the health of their citizens and the economic prosperity of their nation. If this claim of 40,000 deaths per 1% unemployment is to be believed, then these governments may well be damned if they do and damned if they don't. So. Is this claim actually true, or is this the work of Hollywood fiction just trying to raise the stakes? How is it that these deaths are actually caused, and is this statistic only true for the United States, or does it happen more or less in countries with stronger social welfare? This episode of Economics Explained was made possible by our fans on Patreon. If you'd like to gain early access to these videos before they're uploaded to YouTube, as well as participate in our exclusive Q&A sessions, please consider supporting our channel on patreon.com slash economicsexplained. Becoming unemployed either by getting fired or being made redundant is never a positive experience on an individual level. Getting fired means that you have to live with the idea that you weren't good enough for the job that you had, and being made redundant normally means that you are going out into an economic downturn with very little job opportunities. In either case, it's going to be hard to find a new job to maintain your quality of life. But is this all backed up by the numbers? Do 40,000 people actually die for every 1% increase in unemployment? Well, no. The actual number Brad Pitt should have quoted here is 37,000. Now, of course, this is being pedantic over what is basically a rounding error, but the actual study he is most likely referencing is the 1981 publication Corporate Flight, The Causes and Consequences of Economic Dislocation. This was a book authored by Bennett Harrison and Barry Bluestone, two American economists who were actually writing about the impacts of outsourcing labour to cheaper manufacturing centres around the world. They noted that long-term structural unemployment caused an early demise in a variety of ways. The main killer was heart disease, where unemployment was said to cause 20,000 deaths that wouldn't have otherwise happened due to increased stress and the limited access to healthcare that normally came along with regular employment. Another major component was a spike in substance abuse, particularly drinking, that people will turn to to deal with the pressure of being unemployed. The others were issues like suicides and homicides that were also shown to have a strong correlation with unemployment. There were these factors, plus a collection of smaller factors that all added up to that 37,000 death toll figure. Now, this actually all sounds logical. Any issue as stressful as unemployment over a large enough sample size will have some casualties, but 37,000 sounds pretty extreme. It also sounds like this study is in direct contradiction to a more recent study titled 
Losing Life and Livelihood, a systematic review and meta-analysis of unemployment and all case mortality, which sounds just thrilling. This is actually a medical study published by the US National Library of Medicine and authored by the other kinds of doctors, the type that can prescribe medication. So a big disclaimer here is that a lot of the ins and outs of this paper is lost on regular economists, but the statistical figures are still relevant. The study touches on many of the same risk factors as the 1981 book, but notes everything to a significantly lesser degree. The conclusion of this particular study was that the risks of death increase by 63% when people lose their jobs. They never actually lay out the same equation that this much unemployment equals this much death, but we can extrapolate the same figures. The labour force in the USA is currently around 163 million people. This means a 1% increase in unemployment will see 1.63 million people out of their job. Now, in a given year, people die of anything and everything. It's just one of those guarantees in life. From a group of 1.63 million people, we actually expect that around 6,400 will die within a given 12 month time frame. If unemployment increases the risk of death by 63%, then that takes this figure up to around 10,400 people, which is an increase of 4,000 people. Still a significant figure, but it's an order of magnitude lower than the 40,000 quoted here in the big short. This is also not considering that the labour force in the USA in the 1980s was only around 140 million people, which would make this number even smaller still. So what is going on here? Which study is correct? Well actually, both of them, and they managed to stay correct for two reasons. The first is that the medical study was actually a meta-study of individual studies. What this means is that the medical researchers actually just looked at other studies and recorded the data from people that had died. If a hospital recorded figures about heart attacks and tracked if the victims were employed or unemployed, these researchers would take those figures and put them into this study. But all of these data points only tracked the unemployed individuals. So if, for example, the husband of a stay-at-home mum lost his job and that woman then died through any of the factors that we saw earlier, that would not count in the medical study, but it would count in the economic study, hence the larger death toll. The other big distinction is the time that this would all take. In the medical study, the researchers were exploring the likelihood of death over a given 12-month period. The economics paper, on the other hand, was exploring this phenomenon over a non-specific time frame. So if someone got fired, started stress eating and drinking while looking out for a new job and then happened to die a few years later of liver failure, then that would count on the economic paper, but it would not count on the medical paper. So now that the papers that likely served as the inspiration for the movie script are understood, what does this mean for today's economy? Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. 
and you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We have recently experienced the largest spike in unemployment ever. By some estimates, the unemployment rate was hovering around 15% in the USA as of early April. This was a spike from the 3.5% unemployment rate the USA was enjoying before the economic fallout of 2020 was felt. This is an increase of over 11% in the unemployment rate. So, are we really to expect 400,000 deaths as a result of this? Well, yes, but this figure here is probably unfair to add onto the pile. Sure, there is definitely a correlation, but it's more so that these deaths are causing the increase in unemployment rather than the unemployment is causing the increase in these deaths. So for the sake of rigorous econometrics, we will ignore this figure for now. Outside of that, can we still expect a sharp increase in all of these other nasty factors? Well, yes, but it's not going to be nearly the 400,000 people the paper would suggest. You see, this paper was written in the 1980s and it was written about the impacts of outsourcing, not the impacts of an economic recession. If a factory is moved overseas, then it is not likely that these jobs are ever coming back. This causes what is called structural unemployment which is unemployment caused by people losing their job through some kind of systematic shift in the way business is done. Factories been outsourced or truck drivers been automated, street lamp lighters been replaced by light bulbs are all different types of structural unemployment. What we are experiencing at the moment is a weird mixture of structural unemployment and cyclical unemployment. Cyclical unemployment is where people lose their jobs due to unfavourable economic conditions. In the fallout of the 2008 subprime mortgage crisis, nothing materially changed about industry around the world. Nothing was outsourced, there wasn't some new technology that made a pool of workers obsolete, and there wasn't some invisible threat that meant everyone had to stay inside. People were losing their jobs because of the debt cycle. This type of unemployment is still bad, but in aggregate, these jobs tend to come back over time. This means that people will be able to get back into work and avoid the perils of becoming hardcore unemployed, which is the worst type of unemployment. Basically, it's made up of people who have resigned themselves to never getting a job in their life. The same group that really pushes this 40,000 person death toll. Now, a lot of the unemployment in 2020 is actually structural, but there is at least the hope that things will eventually go back to normal once this all blows over. If a factory moves out of town, there isn't that same hope, which means people will get back to work eventually and we won't feel the same burden of long-term unemployment. So, this 40,000 people death toll is not going to be true in 2020, and ironically, it was even less true in 2008 which is what the big short was focused on. Now, let's say that we ignore current affairs and just look at the impacts of what something like mass automation could have. Is this paycheck or perish arrangement only true in the United States? Losing a job in the United States is very bad. You will of course lose your income, but you will also lose easy access to healthcare while going on to social security that can be sketchy at best. In contrast, there are nations like Sweden and Denmark that have legendarily robust welfare, and also nations that have nothing at all. Now, all of the countries with no form of social security are either undeveloped or developing economies, so it's a bit unfair to really compare those statistics here. As for the comparison between Denmark and the United States, though, 
there is some interesting takeaways. The first is that unfortunately, the same type of unemployment equals death study has not been done in any of these nations. But nations like Denmark have a lot less hardcore unemployed individuals because of the government's support for training and education, which alleviates a lot of the issues structural unemployment has by letting people retrain from, let's say, factory floor workers into IT specialists. Since long-term unemployment is where everything gets significantly worse, economically and socially, it's logical to assume that there would be less of a correlation between unemployment and the death toll in these nations. So was Brad Pitt's ominous warning about the 2008 subprime mortgage crisis true? Well, no. That's not to say it was some massive mistake though. In reality, the fallout of the housing market collapse was extremely hard to predict, exemplified by the fact that almost no one even saw it coming. This doesn't mean that this phenomenon doesn't happen though, and it's every bit as relevant today as it was back in the 1980s. The impacts of unemployment can have much deeper repercussions than poor growth figures. It genuinely impacts people's lives. So, if nothing else is taken away from what was probably a throwaway line in a movie, it's that it should never be overly difficult for an individual to get back into things and start contributing once more. Hi guys, I hope you enjoyed the latest video. If you did, please consider liking and subscribing. This video was requested by one of our patrons over on Patreon. If you want to have your say about what country or topic we explore next, please consider supporting the channel like these awesome people did. Thanks guys, bye. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.